Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. If you have your Bibles with you, and I know you do, it's always a rhetorical question. Lift your Bibles up and say this confession with me. Say, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible in Jesus name. Family, before we get started, we're going to get back to our anchor text that we have for this series before we pray. That anchor text is in the book of Jonah. It's only a four chapter book, but we're going to get a couple of good insights out of it. Jonah chapter one. I'm in the NIV translation. I'm going to read verses one through three. Feel free to read them with me as, they, as they're displayed. It reads like this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed towards Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship board for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for each and every person here. We thank you, God, that we never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use. They will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. God, I'm not talking about years from now. I'm not talking about months from now. I'm not talking about days from now. God, you know we want them to be able to walk out of this place and instantly be able to use this word to change their life. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. We are still here in the book of Jonah. And while we're here in the book of Jonah, as a big picture overview, once again, it's only a four chapter book, but just a big picture overview. God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. He gives him a call. Jonah doesn't like that call at all. And he makes the decision that he's going to flee to Tarshish. Now, him fleeing to Tarshish is an issue, and we'll get more into that. We've already been kind of sending that signal. But in his fleeing to Tarshish, you need to know that eventually Jonah does end up doing what God asked him to do. However, he doesn't do it until after he spends three days and three nights in the belly of a great or a huge fish. As a result of Jonah actually completing the mission, though, God 
doesn't destroy the people of Nineveh. He doesn't, he doesn't come down and punish the people of Nineveh. Instead, he shows them mercy. And him showing them mercy is something that, quite frankly, Jonah's not happy about. We're not really here, though, to take sides with what Jonah did or debate against what Jonah did. When we say roll call, and I want you to pick the monitor that's closest to you, and let's say this together, because roll call is what? Read it with me. Roll call is about a believer accepting the call to fulfill a role. Roll call that we're talking about has nothing to do, per se, about what Jonah did. Roll call is about what you're going to do. Roll call is about what I'm going to do. Roll call is less about you finding out or discovering that you are anointed, and what are you, it's, it's about what you're going to do with that anointing. It's not about you running around trying to find out what your gift is. It's about, doggone it, what are you going to do with your gift once you find out you have a gift? Roll call, that's, it's about what, what we're going to do. When God gives us a call, when he gives us an assignment, it's, it's all about what we're going to do. And especially if that call sends us to our Nineveh, what are we going to do? As it relates to all of that, when we get that call from God, often what we do is we tell God no. And although we may not tell God no verbally, we tell God no with our actions. What did we assert concerning our actions? Once again, the monitor closer to you, let's say this with me. Ready? Read. My actions speak louder than my words ever can. Yeah, your actions speak louder than your words ever can. So when you actually tell God no, you don't have to open your mouth and bump your gums and say no. But what you do with your actions, what you actually do or, or don't do, your actions, those things can telegraph to God that, God, my answer to your call is no. As we go beyond that, I want to ask you to allow me to take you a little deeper, and I'm going to show you something. Because when we're talking about Nineveh, Nineveh, metaphorically speaking, is a place that each one of us has. Nineveh is that assignment from God, that call from God that says, hey, I want you to go talk to these folk, and you don't want to talk to those folk. Nineveh is that call to say what you don't want to say. It's that call to do what you don't want to do. It's that call to interact with people you don't want to interact with. It's that call that says, I want you to do something that, quite frankly, you wish God would just get to somebody else because you don't want to do it. Nineveh, we all have a Nineveh. We all have a Nineveh. Once again, turn your attention to the screen because we're going to go a little deeper today. What you have before you is a graphic. It's a graphic that shows the key points of interest in Jonah's route in fleeing from God. I present to you four points. Point number one is a place called Gath Heifer. 
Point number two, Joppa. Point number three, Tarshish. Point number four, Nineveh. Now in this whole graphic, we are also aware that there is also another point for Jonah, and that point is the belly of the fish. Although the belly of the fish isn't displayed here, we know that that point has significance as well. We're just not addressing it directly. But family, let me tell you, that point has significance. And we could spend some time there. I'm here to tell you that there is a lot to be said about your circumstances bringing you to a point to where you have to conclude that the best thing is to accept God's call. That's what happened to him in the belly of the fish. There is something to be said about being in a circumstance where it's just you and God, God and you, and you finally come to the conclusion that the best thing for you to do is say yes to God. The best thing for your family is to say yes to God. The best thing for your marriage is to say yes to God. The best thing for your health is to say yes to God. The best thing for your finances is to say yes to God. There is something to be said about being in a point to where you must tell God, the best thing for me is to say yes to you. Why? Because that's the best thing for my joy. That's the best thing for my peace. That's the best thing overall for everybody that comes in contact with me. God, the best thing for me to do right now from the midst of my circumstances, I understand that I need to lift up my hands and explain to you, God, yes, here I am. Take all of me. There is significance of the belly of the fish. We're just not addressing that right now. But what we have are the four points that we want to address with you. And all of these points here have significance. They have key significance because what we want to do is we want to hopefully shake us to the point to where we can realize and acknowledge and halt ourselves when we're telling God no. We've already spent some time talking about Nineveh. And are we done talking about Nineveh? No. It's just that this session, we want to talk about these other three. We want to talk about these other three because these other three have an interesting connection to how everything here is going to play out. There's also something that else I want to tell you at the onset. Remember when we said that, you know, each one of us has our Nineveh? You have that thing that God asked you to do that you'd be like, dang, I sure don't want to do that. Or you got that thing that God asked you to say, and you're like, I just don't want to say that. You have a Nineveh. We all have them or, or have had one if you've gotten beyond your Nineveh moment. I haven't got past all of mine. I'm going to let you know that. Yep. <laughs> you say, preach to yourself, pastor, do you some good. <laughs> Notice this, though. This piece of insight will be valuable as we continue through these sessions. I just need to share this with you. We've already come to the conclusion that, yeah, we all have a Nineveh. But guess what, family? Every Nineveh has a Gath Heifer. Every Nineveh has a Joppa. And every Nineveh has a Tarshish. And I want you to allow me to explain. 
Let's start off with number one, Gath Heifer. Gath Heifer is Jonah's hometown. And we get that piece of trivia from 2 Kings. If you look at 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25 in the NIV Bible, you find these words. It begins like this. It says he and the he there. They're not talking about Jonah. They're talking about another he that they're referring to. But he was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Labo Hamath to the Dead Sea in accordance to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel spoken through his servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath Hepher. Right there. Boom. So that's where Jonah is from. When, when God reached out to Jonah, take me back to my map. When God reached out to Jonah, Jonah was at home, mind his business. And, and but for all practical purposes, it, since it's his hometown, it's not out of line for us to think that he was just at home. Just at home, minding his business. And when he was at home, minding his business, that is the place where he initially got first contact. And now by first contact with Jonah, I'm saying first contact with what God wanted him to do. Jonah's a prophet. He already knows of God. He's already familiar with God. But right there in his hometown, at home, that is the first contact that Jonah has in regards to God saying, I want you to go to Nineveh. Loved ones, we all have a gath heifer. We all have a place that we were or are going to be when God first gives us the call. We all have that place. We're probably, you know, wherever we are, we're going to be where we be, but we're going to be minding our business. Just doing our thing. Just me being me, you being you, us being us, just minding our own business when God's going to give you the call. We all have a gath heifer. And I'm not saying that you're going to be doing something bad. You know, sometimes people say, God arrested me out of my drunkenness. It ain't got to be like that. <laughs> God can arrest you while you singing in the choir. God can arrest you while you change your baby diaper. God can arrest you while you eating your Chick-fil-A sandwich. God can arrest you at any time. He ain't got to arrest you with a needle in your arm. That's for, well, let me, I was going to say that's for dramatics. It's not. It can be true. But what I'm saying, we sometimes we take that as a bigger indication of how God's going to reach you than the fact that God can just reach you while you're doing good. But Gath Heifer is the point of first contact. For Jonah, that point of first contact, he was just at home minding his own business. For you and I, we could be at home. We can be in our car, be on the job. We be running the business. We can be at the bank talking to that person on the screen. You ain't talking to real people at the bank no more. Everything is a screen face, you know. So you talking to the person on the screen. You can be at the pharmacy. Wherever you are, 
The bottom line is there is a place that you were or are going to be when, boom, God makes that first contact. That's your Gath Heifer. Jonah happened to be at home. And when he was at home, I guarantee you that boy had nothing on his mind with the intention of going to Nineveh. He, he wasn't even thinking about going to Nineveh. We know he wasn't thinking about going to Nineveh because of his reaction. He was at home, minding his own business, when suddenly he got the notice from God and realized what God had the nerve to be asking him to do. And guess what? In case you missed it when I threw it in there, the call from God came to Jonah suddenly. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that our God masters in the end suddenly? Have you ever noticed that? Think about it. Our God masters in the end suddenly. And as believers, I'm gonna, this is a fault of ours. I'm going to tell you, a lot of times when we talk about God's end suddenly, you know what we do? We talk about God's end suddenly in the emotionally positive part. We talk about God's end suddenly. You know, it goes with that testimony that says, I was going through this issue, but then suddenly God showed up and he turned the whole thing around. And you know us, we got to end that thing with that punchline. Won't he do it? <laughs> Won't he do it? You know we do that. Church, my child, my baby was having an issue in school. But suddenly God stepped in and turned that thing around. And now my baby is student of the month. Won't he do it? Y'all know how we do? Yes, right. You know how we do it, baby. Y'all. I was in the courtroom with my baby. <laughs> and all the evidence, all the evidence was pointing to my baby was going to get time in jail. But then God stepped in and turned that situation around and the case got dismissed. What do we say? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? And if we really, really into it, if we really get our emotions into it, you know, we, we, had, we had those testimonies be like, I was in my last semester of school and I didn't have the money to finish. But suddenly God stepped in. <laughs> suddenly God stepped in. And you know that financial grant that people said I had no chance in getting? Guess what? God stepped in and we had to spin and turn my situation around. And guess what? I got the money. Won't he do it? Sometimes we do need the money. Sometimes we do. And we shout. We shout, won't he do it? And when we shout, what he do, won't he do it? 
and we give all those testimonies over and over and over and over again, we bypass the truth that not all of God's and suddenlies make us feel good on the inside. We bypass the truth that not all of God's and suddenlies make us jump for joy. We go past the truth that sometimes God can and suddenly ask us to do something that makes us a little uneasy in our heart. We bypass the truth that sometimes God can and suddenly ask us to do something that conflicts with our way of thinking. We just bypass the truth that God can sometimes and suddenly ask us to do something that, guess what? It hits our emotions in such a bad way that we get great pause with telling God yes. Instead, we flip that thing and we hit God with a resounding no. Why? Because not all of God's and suddenlies are things that cause us to jump for joy. Right there at Gath Heifer, my man Jonah got an end suddenly, and that end suddenly did not feel to him like anything he wanted to do or was going to do. So he began to make a move. And that leads us to point two, Joppa. Joppa is the first documented location that Jonah fled to or headed towards when he got the call from God. When Jonah got the call from God, go to Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. When Jonah got the call from God, the instant that he understood what God wanted him to do, he began to reject it. He began to debate with God. He began to let God know, God, I understand that you asking me to do this thing, but right now realize I got a big rejection that I want to give you in return. We don't get in chapter one what it is that Jonah has an issue with, but chapter four tells us. When everything is kind of coming to an end, coming to a conclusion, Jonah expresses, he have it in the Bible, to God what his issue was. Look at this, Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 2 in the NIV Bible. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And by very wrong, God's showing those folks mercy. They bad people, God. You're supposed to go in there and do your thing and crush them and destroy them and wipe them off the face of the earth. And now here you go showing them mercy. You got nerve. That's what he's saying. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to foretell by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now look at this. You see right there in verse 2? 
right there in quotes. Jonah says, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was where? When I was still at home. So this is the type of thing that Jonah was telling God while he was still at home when he initially got the call. Right when he got the call, he began to tell God, I don't think I should do this. I don't like what you're telling me to do. I think it's wrong if you say these people, they so evil, they so, ooh, God, my family just so nasty. I don't think it's right that you give them grace. I don't think it's right that you show them mercy. God, my friend, just so, ooh, I can't steal her. How dare you bless her? How dare you give her something good? How... Oh, God, you know, my daddy, my daddy was so sorry growing up. When you got him doing good. Jonah says to God while he's at home. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That what you were getting ready to do, God, listen to this, God, what you was getting ready to do was wrong. He's telling God that what God does God did for those people is wrong. Jonah reminds God of his disagreement that he raised while he was still at home. So when we look at our map, while Jonah was at Gath Heifer, he began to debate with God. And I believe that that debate took place from point one Gath Heifer, all the way to point two, Joppa. Jonah was telling God how wrong he was, and God kept telling Jonah, you going the wrong way. Jonah telling God, God, you wrong. God telling Jonah, Jonah, you're going the wrong way. You are going to Tarshish. Tarshish is the wrong way, Jonah. I told you to go to Nineveh. God, you wrong. I ain't going to Nineveh. That's happening all the way there. Visually, I want you to notice something. It's a good thing. A picture says a thousand words, right? Or a picture's better than a thousand words, however they say that thing. A picture tells you a lot. Let's go like that. If you can see those points, notice how close Gath Heifer is to Joppa. Notice how close they are. For Jonah, Joppa is a real location, a physical location, I mean. For us, Joppa is that place we go in our mind. When we first get God's call, Joppa is that place where we first begin to distance ourselves from what God wants us to do. Joppa is that place where we say, God, you got to be kidding. God, you want me to do that? God, you want me to help them people? God, you want me to say that? It's that point in time where you're transitioning from first contact to everything in your mind and everything in your heart saying, God, I, don't, I think you're calling the wrong person. 
God, I think that you, you do you, maybe you're mistaken. Joppa. And guess what? All the time that you're wrestling with whether or not you want to do what God called you to do, you're on your way to Joppa. And just like I believe God and Jonah were talking from first contact all the way to Joppa, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is talking to you saying, why are you continually trying to reject the call of God on your life? Why are you not surrendering to what God wants you to do? Why don't you turn back? Why don't you stop doing what you're doing? Why are you continuing to go the wrong way? God asked you to go to Nineveh. You're still going to Tarshish. Tarshish is the wrong way. The Holy Spirit is all the while with every step as you're moving away, talking to you, telling you you're going the wrong way. I believe that happened between those two points with Jonah and God. God was continually nudging that boy. Hey, listen, I am telling you to go to Nineveh. Turn around. You're going to Tarshish. But all of that nudging was obviously ineffective. Why? Because the boy kept going to Tarshish. And that leads us to point three. This is the part that I want you to really take note of. Not that all of it wasn't important, but once you've decided to go to Tarshish, for real, I want you to know this. Because Jonah said in the first three verses there that we read, he, he was going to Tarshish. But all this while, he got time to decide he ain't going to go to Tarshish, he's going to go to Nineveh. But once you have decided to go to Tarshish, check this out. Say this with me. Say, Tarshish is the place where you have concluded your response to God is no, and you intend to show God how strong your no really is. Tarshish is the place where you have decided that you are saying no and you're going to do everything in your power to make sure God and everybody else know that your no is a no. Is a no. Let's revisit Jonah chapter 1 verse 3 in the NIV Bible. Let's highlight something. It reads, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. I want you to say something with me, family. On the third sentence, after the sentence says, that says, he found a ship bound for that port. What are those four words before the comma? After paying the fare. Say that one more time. After paying the fare. After paying the fare. Family, Jonah was so bent on not doing God's assignment that he was willing to pay to be disobedient. Now, I want you to 
That's, that's pot roast right there in the crock pot. I want you to let that right there marinate and come back and listen to that like eight hours later. And let's see how that hits you. Jonah was willing to pay to be disobedient. When you have concluded in your heart that you are going to avoid God's assignment, when you have come up with a conviction down in your soul that you are going to reject the call, you are willing to pay the cost to be disobedient. You are willing to pay the cost to be out of God's will. You are willing to pay the cost to avoid God's call on your life. When you have decided you are going to Tarshish, you are willing to do almost anything and hide behind almost any excuse to avoid the call. When you have concluded, I'm going to Tarshish. I ain't going to Nineveh. God, I don't care what you say. It can look like this. God can tell you to get a certain level of education to move up in your company. But you make the decision that you're going to continue to pursue lower level positions because it's easier. Look at here. It can look like this. God tells you to start your own business, but you continue to just get a job because it's more convenient. You have decided that you're going to go to Tarshish. Here's another one. God says when you're in the ministry, he wants you to work with youth, but you decide that you want to be an usher instead or you want to work in finance instead or you want to park cars instead. Why? Because in your heart, I am not working with no kids. You are deciding you're not going to Nineveh. You're going to go to Tarshish. When you decide to flee to Tarshish, you will avoid God's call by doing almost anything and hiding behind almost any excuse. Attention to the monitors, please. Your final graphic for today. Family, you will be willing to do almost anything and hide behind almost any excuse to run away from the call of God on your life. What do we say? You will lie to get out of that call. You will claim to be sick. Notice I got sick in quotes there. Because I'm going to give you something else to stick in that crock pot. I'm going to tell you something and I want you to marinate on it because when it comes out eight hours later, it's going to hit you right. It's going to hit you not, but it's going to hit you right when you listen to it again. I am also public service announcement up front disclaimer. Nothing that I'm getting ready to say points to, you know, someone who is really going through. 
There, there are times where people really are going through. For anybody here and for anybody who ever listens to this message, I am not talking about you. But I'm finna talk about somebody. <laughs> to get out of God's call for your life, you will claim to be sick. All right. Throw this in your crock pot. Loved ones, there is a difference in being sick and unable to do and using your sickness as a reason why you don't do. Let me get it again. There is a difference between being sick and unable to do than using your sickness as a reason not to do. One more time, because it's good to put a little garlic in there too. To get out of God's call for your life, you will claim to be sick. But loved ones, there is a big, 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 big difference in being sick and unable to do. And using your sickness as a reason not to do. Different. You don't know how hard it is for me not to go so many different ways with that. Especially in our wear a mask society. Because if I can go ahead and throw a little Mrs. Dash in that crock pot before we go, just, just let me hit it real quick one time. Just a lot of people are hiding behind the mask. They're using it as an excuse not to do. Let me move on. To get out of God's, to get out of God's will, you are willing to run away. You are willing to claim you have a lack of funds. You are willing to claim you have a lack of transportation to get out of God's will for your life, to run away from what he wants you to do, to get yourself on the way to Tarshish instead of going to Nineveh where he wants you to, to go. You will hide behind your age. You will play the race card. You will hide behind your gender. You will your gender. You will say you lack education. You will say, well, you know, I've been incarcerated. You will claim that that's a reason why you can't do what God called you to do. And at the same time, while you come to church claiming that the greater one lives on the inside of you, you think God can't turn your situation around just because you've been in jail. You just don't want to go. You will claim to be a single parent as a reason why you can't do what God wants you to do or say what God wants you to say or, or, or be who God wants you to be. You will claim to be too busy. You will say I'm incapable. And now here comes my next quoted, quoted item. You will say you need more time. Loved ones. That's played out. That is flat out played out. And when people say they need more time, a lot of times they are throwing there that tired, played out line 
it is not my season. How dare you hide behind that? It is not my season. The truth of the matter is this. The truth of the matter is it has less to do about whether or not it is your season and more to do about the fact that you just scared to do what God called you to do. Telling God you need more time. You don't need more time. All you need to do is say yes to God and let him deal with the rest. It's not my season. You know what it's not your season for? It's not your season to tell God no. How about that? To get out of God's call for your life, you will claim to be unprepared. And we've already told you that God, in the course of this film called Life, he is the casting director, he is the film director, he is the movie producer. God will not send you on a mission without making sure the things that you need to complete the mission are going to be there. But people use all these reasons to try to convince themselves and tell God that, you know what, God? I think I'm going to pass on what you're asking me to do. If you are a parent, you have actually seen this kind of Jonah fleeing, run the Tarshish type of scenario play out. You've seen it play out for some of us, for some of you, in, in one of your children. You observe that your child has a call of God on your life, on their life. But at some point in time, you know what happens? At some point, <laughs> that child does everything in their power to show you how worldly they can be as an expression to distance themselves from how godly you say they are. Let's say that again. As a parent, you've seen it play out. You have a child, you know they have a call. You have a child, you know what they can bring to the world. You have a child, you know what God has spoken to you about that child. But at some point in time, that child will show you how absolutely positively worldly they can be just to distance themselves from how godly you say they are. Fleeing to Tarshish. That child is willing to pay the cost to flee. And so are we. For most of us, when we decide, God, we're not doing it, oh, we direct ourselves to Tarshish and whatever the cost, we're willing to pay it. Some of the costs we don't even know we have to pay, but it will come due. When you flee to Tarshish, you do it one way or another. I'm not saying I touched on every point, but I'm sure I hit a lot of them. A lot of different ways we elect to flee. 
But Tarshish is not where God wants us to go. Loved ones, Tarshish is just flat out the wrong way. Say that with me. Say, Tarshish, Tarshish is, is the wrong way. It's just the wrong way. God wants us to go to Nineveh. Loved ones, God wants us to go to Nineveh. And fleeing to Tarshish does not just happen. One final comment on our graphic, and we'll call it a day. Fleeing to Tarshish doesn't just happen. I want you to notice there's a process there. If I hadn't made it clear, there's a process. First, God tells you, then you start debating. But in between that one and two, you got the opportunity to turn around. At some point in time, though, in the process, you conclude absolutely positively not, and you head to Tarshish. Now, we know that Jonah ultimately made it back to Nineveh, and we hope we do, too. We hope we do, but the bottom line is there's a process. And at any point in time, at any point in time, you can make the decision, God, I'm going to stop. I hear you and turn around and head. Guess what? Head to Nineveh. Nineveh is where God wants us to go, not just Tarshish, because Nineveh is where God is preparing to do a great work. Yeah. God is preparing to do a great work in Nineveh. And the only missing component is for you to show up and do your part. And of course, that is something we'll touch on at a later date. But for now, take your crop pot items. Crack them open again about eight hours later. Get those insights. But you keep that overarching thought. That if looking at your life, looking at what God has asked you to do, looking at where you are headed right now, if you look at that and you see that you are going to Tarshish, look yourself in the face, in the mirror and tell yourself you are going the wrong way way and turn it around. Amen. God, we thank you for each and every person that has a heart to receive your word. We pray that your word rests in their spirit and have positive results. By positive results, God, to be specific, we want them to be open to hearing from you and saying yes to your will. Honestly, it doesn't really matter to you why we elected to go away from the call. You're more important, you're more interested in the important part, which is us realizing it, doing about face and heading back towards you and what you want us to do. Thus, that is my prayer. That everybody under the sound of my voice 
considers who they are, where they are, in relation to what you would want them or have them to do, and they simply say yes to you and operate accordingly. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.